Jesus, we love you. We worship you. You are worthy of all praise, all honour, all adoration. Father, we exalt you this morning. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you live on the inside of each one of us. Father, I thank you that you are for us, that you are with us, that you are all around us. Father, that there is nowhere that we can go, that there is no place, no season, no day, no week, no month, that you are not there with us. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you didn't just leave us on our own, but Lord, that you came to live on the inside of us, Lord God, and that you came to release heaven through each one of our lives. Father, thank you so much that you are in us right now, right now. You live on the inside of us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you. I want to start with Ephesians 1 verse 20, because I believe it's a good place to start where we, when we talk about prayer. It says in Ephesians 1.20, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And in Philippians 2, it says, therefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every other name that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow on those in heaven and those on earth including my own and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father and I want to start there because when we pray we need to understand whose name we're praying in he has no rival he is the name above every other name, every other principality, every other power, every other thing that might stand, He is above those things. He has no rival. Nothing can defeat Him. Nothing can overcome Him. Nothing can surpass who He is. And when we pray in His name, we are praying with all authority, all power, all dominion, the name that is above every other name. So we're not coming before Him in our own strength or in our own power, but we are coming against things. We are coming and praying into things with the name that is above every other name. Every other name. In myself, I have no power. In myself, I have no ability. But in Him, in myself, I cannot change situations. But in Him, we have the power, we have the authority to unlock heaven in situations. And that is where our confidence comes from. It doesn't come from our own ability to be able to release things into people's lives. It comes from who He is. King of kings, Lord of lords, almighty God. And we have the privilege to pray in His name. Amen. Amen. And God wants to partner with us. And I love that prayer isn't a solo event. (laughs) You might feel like that sometimes. It's not a solo event. It's not us on our own. Prayer is partnering with who God is. It's co-laboring with Him. It's releasing heaven 
into the earth around us. It's joining with the Holy Spirit, joining with Jesus and beginning to release what He is saying into situations. I love in Psalm 139, it says, where can I go from your presence? If I go up way high, you're there. If I go into the darkest situations, you are still there. You've hedged me before and behind and you've laid your hand upon me. There is nowhere that we can go without Him with us. And in John 5, Jesus said, My Father has been working until now, and I have been working. We know that Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father do. That Jesus was, wasn't doing his own thing. He wasn't doing his solo mission. He was working in partnership with the Father. He was aligning with the Father's will. And because of that, he saw a release of power, and he saw a breakthrough, and he saw miracles. And I want to look at Romans 8 verse 26 because when I was praying, I believe that God wants to give us eyes to see and ears to hear. That take us beyond the natural, that take us beyond the situations, that take us beyond the problems that we might face and that we begin to see with his eyes, that we begin to hear with his ears, that when we look at situations, yes, the, we don't um, ignore the reality of what is going on, but we also begin to see in the spirit and we also begin to see what our God is saying and we also begin to go up higher above those things and begin to see what he says from heaven. And in Romans 8 verse 26, you don't have to turn there, it says, and we know, oh wait, no, it says, likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. Love that verse. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness, for we do not know what we should pray. How many of you feel like that sometimes? That is a good place. I want to tell you that. That is a good place place because if you know what to pray you will probably pray your own will and your own ideas and your own opinions and your own agendas and it will just hit the floor and probably not do anything so I want to encourage you I find such encouragement in that scripture likewise the the spirit also helps in our weaknesses for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought but the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God and it's like we in our weakness, we don't know how to pray for we don't know what prayer to offer. And I felt like God say, don't stop there. And sometimes we stop there because we are confronted with situations and circumstances and life in itself. And we don't know what to do. And we don't know how to approach that situation. So sometimes we just stop. And the enemy wants us to stop. You can't do anything. There's nothing you can do in that situation. But the Holy Spirit on the inside of you has the perfect prayer. Has the perfect prayer. I had a picture a couple of weeks ago of a bullseye. And when you pray in the Spirit, you're not praying in your own understanding. You're not praying with your own um, 
idea of what's going on. You're praying in the knowledge and in the wisdom and in the revelation of the Holy Spirit who knows all things from the end to the beginning. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He knows all things. And when you pray in the Spirit, it's like bullseye. You hit the target. You pray the perfect prayer because it originates from the Holy Spirit. And He wants to co-labor with us. I spend uh, a lot of time uh, praying in tongues, praying in the Holy Spirit, because I don't know what to pray and I don't know how to pray. And I need Him. I need the Holy Spirit. And I call Him my prayer partner because I don't know what to pray for in this situation. But He knows. He knows. And He wants to open up your eyes and open up your ears so that you begin to see what's going on. And there's a great story in um, 2 Kings 6, verse 8. And I'm just going to turn there. And it's with Elisha, the story of Elisha. And I love this story. You've probably heard it. And if you haven't, that's okay. So Elisha and his servant, um, the king has sent an army to, to go and surround them, to go and capture them. And it says in verse 14, Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there, and they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, My master, what shall we do? So he saw the reality of the situation. He saw what was about to come upon them. And he cried out, and it says in fear, because Elijah says, do not fear. So he obviously saw that he was overcome by fear with what he saw in the natural. And he saw the reality of the situation. And he said, my master, what shall we do? And I love Elisha because he obviously wasn't full of fear. But he's seeing the same thing, the reality of the situation. But Elisha must have seen something else that the servant didn't see. Because the servant was looking with his natural eyes at the situation that they were about to be captured by an army coming against them. Elisha sees something different that causes him to not fear, that causes him to not be overwhelmed, but is able to say, do not be afraid. It's all right. Do not be afraid. And his servant must be like, are you mad? <laughs> Can you not see what I see? And Elisha's like, Can you not see what I see? And Elisha prays, Open up his eyes that he might see. And before he says that, he says, Do not fear, for those that are with us are more than those that are with them. And in that moment, the servant must be like, Who is he talking about? Because he could not see in the spirit in the same way way Elisha could. And Elisha prays, open up his eyes, Lord. Let him see. Let him see what I see. And the Lord opens up his eyes and he sees. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And so he begins to see in the spirit realm. And I believe that's the same for us, that God wants us to see beyond the situation, beyond the circumstance. It doesn't mean that the situation disappears, but we position ourselves to say, God, what are you saying? God, what do you see? Because all I can see 
is an army coming against me or all I can see is problem or all I can see is this situation. But God, what do you say? What do you see? Open up my eyes that I might partner with you in heaven and not release my fear, not release my opinion, but let me release what heaven is releasing. Let me release your words into this situation. I want to echo the voice of the Father. He is given you a voice and our voice is to echo the voice of the Father, to echo the prayer that originates in heaven as you let it be in heaven, let it be on earth to echo the sound of our Father. His voice is on the inside of you. You don't need to go somewhere to find the voice of God. He lives on the inside of you and His voice is waiting to come forth from his church, from his body. There is so many other things going on out there, so many other opinions and voices, but the church has a voice on the inside of us. The church has a voice that echoes the sound of heaven, that echoes the will of the Father and says, this is what my God says and I release it out. But it comes from that place of intimacy with Him where we put aside the natural and say, God, okay, I see that situation. I see what they're doing, but open my eyes that I might see like you see. And um, I just want to share a little story Ooh, very quickly, maybe. Um, so there is a situation that I've been praying into for over a year uh, or so. And normally in this situation, if A happens, B, C, D will then follow. Does that make sense? Yeah. So there is a pattern within this situation. If A happens, B, C, D will definitely follow. And I, I shouldn't say I expect that, but that's how it's been over the last year of praying for this person with medical um, conditions. And um, a situation came up this week and A happened. And I was like, okay, I'm almost don't want to get ready for B, C, D, but that's usually what happens. And I got in my car and I said, God, I cannot, we cannot do this again. This pattern has to be broken. I do not want to see B, C, D tomorrow. So I got in my car and I just began to pray in the Holy Spirit. And I began to pray, Lord, I'm going to intercede for this person. I began to pray in tongues and just release what God was saying over this person. Because there is a prayer in the Spirit that accomplishes things that we cannot accomplish with our own words. It shifts things, it moves things, it breaks things open. When we're praying in the Spirit, we're praying with the power of God and it begins to move. There are some stubborn things in this world that do not want to shift. There are some principalities and powers and agendas that do not want to shift, but we cannot tackle them with our own words. We can only tackle those things in the power of the Holy Spirit. In my weakness, then 
His power is released. In my weakness, then I join with the Holy Spirit saying, Holy Spirit, I cannot bring down this wall on my own. I cannot break the cycle of sickness in this person's life on my own. But you hold all authority. You hold all power. You are the name above every other name. So when I pray in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit infuses my prayer with the power of God with the authority of God that is able to take down agendas and cycles and sicknesses in people's lives. And it begins to break patterns. So my confidence doesn't come in Jen praying. My confidence comes in the Holy Spirit praying in and through me, knowing that He is the one who breaks open. It says that He breaks things open. And so the next, I went home, went to bed. And the next day, I woke up and, and phoned this person. Everything was fine. They stayed in A. Let's put it that way. BCD did not happen. And I was like, God, thank you so much that you just wanted to encourage me. That when we pray in the Holy Spirit, it breaks patterns in people's lives. And I want to talk about the power of the word in our mouths. In Genesis 1, it said, God said, let there be. And when he said that, it said he spoke, with, it says the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. When we speak his word into the void, it has the power to create. And I remember praying um, years ago and God showed me this verse and he said to me, Jen, when you speak my word, you speak into the void. You speak into the days, the weeks, the months, the years to come. You speak things into your family. You speak things into situations. So open your mouth and begin to speak my words. And we know in Isaiah 55, it says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word that goes forth from my mouth, it shall not return to me void, useless and without result. But it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper, succeed in the things for which I sent it. And I love Psalm 29 where it talks about the voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. It breaks things open. The voice of the Lord divides the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. It shakes things that need to be shaken. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth. The voice of the Lord brings things to life that were once dead. His Word in our mouth, when we begin to release it, it causes things to break open and it causes life to spring forth when things were dead. And a great example of this is in Romans 4. When we look at the story of Abraham. Now Abraham was given an impossible promise, an impossible word. 
And in the natural, it was impossible. He was over 100 years and Sarah, his wife, was barren. And I find great encouragement in this story because it says, I'll read it and then I'll, it says, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope in hope believed so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old, very old. And in the deadness of Sarah's womb, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able to perform. Now, Abraham's faith and confidence didn't come from the situation. The situation was impossible. Abraham's faith didn't come from what he saw in the natural. It didn't come from the facts of the situation. Abraham's faith came from what God had spoken. Abraham's faith was rooted and grounded in what God had said to him. His faith didn't come from a situation that was going well. Actually, it was going really bad. Actually, they were over a hundred and his wife, Sarah, was barren. His faith and his confidence for the promise to be fulfilled did not come from this situation. There was no hope in the situation. There was no life in the situation. But his faith and his confidence came from what the Lord God Almighty said to him. It came from who his God is, that he is not a man that he should lie. And Abraham was rooted in the Word of God, rooted in what his God had said, regardless of what he saw in the natural, regardless of what the situation was screaming out at him, saying, this is impossible, this is impossible, this isn't gonna change. And Abraham said, it will change, it will change, it will change because my God has spoken and that is enough for me. That is enough for me. It is a done deal if my God has said, let it be. It is a done deal in his heart and in his mind. And God was pleased with his faith. He looked at his faith and he was pleased with his faith because it was a done deal. And you are not a man that you should lie and a God that you would say and not do. And God has given us many words and they don't come to pass because the situation looks good. They come to pass because our God has said it and we take hold of it. And we say, God, if you have said this, it will surely be. And God, if you have promised it, then it will surely be. And I will not allow the enemy to try and rob my faith and take my faith. And Caleb, there is a great story with Caleb and the spies. The Lord said, this is the land that I am giving you. Go and have a look at it. And they went into the land and they came back with a report. And we know that Caleb and Joshua had a very different report. They saw the same thing. They saw the reality of what was in the land. Yes, God, you are right. It is flowing with milk and honey. Yes, God, it is full of fruitfulness. But there are these massive, massive giants in the land. 
And what the spies began to do was they began to allow what they saw in the land to overwhelm them with fear and overwhelm them with doubt and rob what God had said to them. God said, I give you this land. And they went, but the giants had become bigger than what God had said. The giants in their minds robbed the word of God from them. And Caleb was like, no. And he tried to quiet the people and say, we can surely take this land because the Lord has said. We can surely have it. Not because there are, there are no giants in the land and not because there are no difficulties in the land, but because the Lord has said. Because Caleb was looking at the word of God. The other ones were looking at the giants. And I remember praying um, months ago and God reminded me of this scripture. And he said, he, he said to me that Caleb did not allow the spirit that was operating in that land and the spirit of fear and the situation to overwhelm him and to rob him from what I wanted to give. But he rose up in faith. And say, God, if you have said it, then we can have this. Amen. Three minutes. Right. Persevere. So with this comes perseverance. And there is a journey, a perseverance of faith that we don't let go of what God has given us. And I'm, there's different situations that I pray into. And one of the situations I remember praying into, and you know when you're praying and you're, you're really getting stuff and God's just downloading things to you. And I remember speaking specific things over this person's life. And it was almost like the opposite was happening. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know, I feel very, but I was like, God, I know I really heard you. I know I, I felt like the anointing and I just... I just released what you're saying, these specific things that would take place and all of that kind of stuff. And nothing happened uh, straight away. It actually looked like it was getting worse. And then six months down the line, I was talking to um, a relative in a different country and they just began to tell me just different things that were going on. And everything that they said was what I prayed six months ago. And God just encouraged me. He said, Jen, when you speak my word, it travels through time. It travels through days, weeks, and months. And at the appointed time, it comes into fulfillment. But don't let go of what I have shown you. At the appointed time, my word will not return to me void. It will not return to me void. But do not let it go. Do not let it go. Persevere in your faith that if I have said it, it will be. Because the enemy wants to rob you, wants to take back. But if we don't allow him and we say no and we stand up in our faith like Caleb and say, God, I'm not letting go of your word until I see it fulfilled. I'm not letting go of what you have said until I see it come into the natural, then the enemy has no hold on us. And in Elijah, it says, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. In the Amplified, it says, the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. And in this story of Elijah, 
Sorry, I'm going a bit quickly. In this story of Elijah, uh, in the, God, there was a famine in the land and God says to Elijah, go and tell Ahab, rain is coming. So Elijah hears the word of the Lord, rain is coming. And then we see later on in this story, that it says Elijah goes up and he says, he went to the top of Carmel and he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees and said to his servant, go up now, look towards the sea. So he went and looked and said, there is nothing. And seven times he said, go again. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. And in this story, it really teaches us a lesson of Elijah had the word of the Lord, but he still had to pray. He had the word of the Lord, but he still had to pray. He not only prayed once, he had to pray seven times until he saw the breakthrough and the release. And I know for me it is a lesson because sometimes I feel like if I have the word of the Lord, it's enough. Actually, we have to pray it into being. There has to be, you are like a channel from heaven to earth. And God wants to use our mouthpieces. We know that God is almighty and we know he could just do it himself, but he has chosen to use his body to take the word, put it through our mouths and release it onto the earth. He has chosen to use his church to do that. So Elijah was on his knees with his head between his, his knees and he was praying earnestly, it says, earnestly, but he had the word of the Lord. So why all those, why why all the sweat, Elijah? You have the word of the Lord because he knows in the spirit there are some things that need to be pushed out of the way. And God wants to use his church to push them out of the way, to break down walls that are in the way of the word of the Lord being fulfilled. So God knows that. So Elijah has got his head between his knees and he is interceding for the word of the Lord that he knows what God has said. Yet he's still sweating. He's still passionate. Passionate. He's still fervent. He's not just going, come on, just let it rain. Because he knows in the spirit, there are things that want to hinder the word of the Lord being fulfilled in your life, in your family, in your situations, in things to come. He knows that there are things in the way. And he knows that if he prays and if he buffs the will of God, those things have to be removed. And then he says, I hear the sound of abundant rain. And he said, that is enough. It is done. And he knows that in the spirit, there has been a breakthrough, that the word of God hasn't got stuck in a sense and that he has broken through and released that word. So God wants us to persevere until we see the breakthrough. And if you want to stand with me, that would be wonderful. Now I had this picture and that God... He reminded me of Esther and God wants to give you declarations and decrees and words to release over your family and to release over your situations. And in the story of Esther, we know that she, he says, you yourself write a decree and he gives her the signet ring. And without the king's signet ring, it would hold no power. Without the king's signet ring, that decree would be worthless. 
And when we hear from heaven and when we see what heaven is saying, it holds all authority. It holds the signet ring of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And God wants to give you decrees, declaration words that you almost in the spirit, you signpost them over people's lives. You signpost them, you nail them over people's lives. And it has the the King's signet ring, the seal of God upon that. And then you begin to partner and release the Word of God over that person's life. And one other thing, when I was praying the other day, I had this picture and it might not represent all of you, but it was a picture and this person, it was like walls were all around you and all you could see were walls. And these walls represented problems, situations, life. And all you could see were these walls. You couldn't see beyond them and you couldn't see through them. And I felt like God was saying to you, He wants to break down those walls. That you begin to rise above the walls, like with the spirit of Caleb, with that spirit of faith. And you begin to see beyond the walls because the enemy wants you to be surrounded by these walls that you become consumed by the walls, the situations and the problems. But God wants to break you free from those walls that you begin to see beyond it. And I saw lights and I saw hope just shafting down upon you. And let's just lift up our hands. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. If you know how to pray in the Spirit, I'm just going to encourage you to do that. There is a well on the inside of you. He wants you to come alive. Shema Yande, Yandora Sakahase, Ramosondora Manashanda, Ramoriondora Baharede, Ramona So Shehe, there is power. Ramashanda, Ramayandai, Yona Madana Sekende Bahasoto, Ramanda Ramoshana. Oh, 
You know, maybe you've not prayed in this way or maybe you used to pray in this way and I feel like God is just wanting to ignite, ignite your prayer, ignite that praying in the Spirit again. And maybe you're like, I remember doing that. But God is calling you back. God is calling you back. Shamoda has said that His church is a powerful church, that His church releases His kingdom as it is in heaven, so let it be. As it is in heaven, so let it be. Shamahai, there's an arising in the spirit, there's an arising in faith, there's an arising. Shamoda high in our God. Shamosoda high. That we are not victims, but we are victorious in our God. And there's a backbone in our God. That we don't just sit back and allow stuff to take place. But we echo the sound of heaven. We echo His voice into situations. And Father, I thank You for those walls coming down. I thank You right now, Lord God, for those walls coming down. And Father, I thank You for eyes being opened and ears being open. I thank You for eyes being open right now and ears being open to see in the Spirit, to partner with You. Thank You, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.